Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. Today is October 11th, 2023, and this is Ben and Barry on football. What's going on out there, everybody? This is Ben Dickerson. I am your co-host. Last weekend was quite a debacle for me. First of all, in picking the games, I lost eight. I won six. That's horrible for me. The next thing was I got kind of cute on some of my fantasy teams trying to start quarterbacks and defenses that I normally wouldn't start because of the matchups that they had. Didn't work out too well for me. I'm really angry with myself. I'm kicking myself, in fact. But I shall rebound. I shall rebound. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I took a look at the Sterling at the, the Bias Plus uh, matchups, and through the first four weeks, it was basically 50%, you know. Um, and then week five, it was basically 50%. <laughs> so, you know. Um, bias is doing way better than me, and I, I, I pride myself on beating the bias every once in a while, but I'm not doing too well. Yeah, for me, it's always I'm, I'm in constant discovery. It's like, oh, it's fifty percent this week. That's interesting. You know, that's that's how I kind of look at the Sterling Net Point Power Ranking. You just track this particular stat against the reality, and the the number are, is what it is. You know, but at least it's pretty consistent. Um, we haven't seen haven't seen much in the thirty percent or anything like that, uh, or the high seventies. Kind of like the Eagles' offense. You know, it's winning but not big. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, um, but but that's cool. We, I'm still looking for that 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 plus sixty percent, you know, that you can depend on. But coming out of the beginning stages of the season, we kind of expected some things. You know, people are finding themselves. Teams are, you know, getting an identity, and then as soon as they think they got it, somebody gets hurt. You know, now <clears throat> so coaching coming out of the blocks. Is, is we, we've had a chance to take a look at it now. Coaching coming I, up the block. I tell you what's scaring me. Every week, oh, I have to go back to double check, but it seems like almost every single week, somebody has a big win. All week long, the talking heads declare them the best team in football, and then the very next weekend they lose. It's thinking like that that have people taking the Browns over my Niners, um, and, and, and and that's what I'm saying. You know, and so that's what I'm saying too. So I'm, I'm recognizing what you're saying now. Uh, but I think the they would be the ones to the, buck the, the trend. Example. They're going to buck the trend. The Dolphins are probably the example of what you said. I mean, they went out one yes. and didn't turn around and lost. They were the Cowboys were. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but that's for another part of the show. Um, we're going to take a look at the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. And again, I remind people, this is a ranking system. Now, you can go out and you can listen to this pundit or that pundit from this station or that network. <laughs> One thing you will know is that there is a certain amount of opinion and conjecture. So right here, 
It's purely quantitative. We're going to let you know what that number is. It is the net point. It is the win margin. Okay? The better teams win by larger margins. That's the fundamental belief that we work on here. But again, this is a, an experiment. I'm just tracking these numbers, and I've been tracking them for, tracking them for a while now. This, uh, uh, so far this season, we just said 50% when you look at the matchups. Uh, and then the matchups, that's called the bias plus report. So we're going to take a look at this, the rankings and see where they are. Then we're going to, based on those rankings, then we're going to look at the matchups. And then Ben is going to agree or disagree with that statistical analysis. Right? Right. So feel free to... I was about to say call in. <laughs> Feel free to call in. www. <laughs> Feel free to comment on whether or not you think I'm crazy. But don't call Barry crazy. The numbers are what they are. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Well, it's funny that I would disagree with what you just said. Because okay. numbers stand along themselves. And whether or not I'm crazy... It's probably another <laughs> question. In reference to the numbers. Those numbers are what yeah. come on, man. So, you know, we have we have to understand that. In any event, um, it's always exciting and it's always a surprise built in there. And I came up with an issue, Ben, that I haven't quite um haven't quite uh figured out yet, and I'll tell you what it is. <clears throat> I used the Pythagorean calculation. I knew it had something to do with that. To take the turnover numbers to a point equivalent. Right. If it's a negative number, no. Well, you know something, and, and this is the thing. The differential itself might not be considered a negative number, it's it's the difference between two negative numbers, which in a way kind of makes it an absolute number. So I don't know no, if no, actually no, stop, stop, stop. Number, stop. You know? You're killing I'll, me right now. I'll, I will look into stop. I will look into that. Give me, you know? give me a 30-second time out. I can't take it. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll see if I can figure that out. I'll let you know. In any event, let's move on to www.sterlingnppr.com. All right, Benny, so let's, the, uh, let's check out the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings for the NFL Week 5. So this is where we look at the average net points, the average points for, average points against, and average turnover differential. You notice the, the the word points. It's all about points, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody has won a game yet based on yardage. <laughs> but the average turnover differential equates to points to some degree. And so we wanted to add it in there because we believe that turnovers are just that important. You know, so we want to make sure that that's calculated in there. But the rankings from number one to number 32 is based on ANP, average net points. You ready? My beloved, San Francisco 49ers are in first place in the rankings with an average net points of plus 
19.8. And again, net points can go positive or negative, uh, as will turnover differential. Second place, Buffalo, 15.8 on the plus side. Dallas, 10.2 on the plus side. Kansas City, 9.6. And Miami finishes the top five at 9.2 average net points per game. That's the average win margin over the first five games. The average win margin over the first five games. Benny, how you like that top five right there? I like that top five. That's a strong top five. Well, Dallas got a little skew built in. Uh, yeah, they're hanging in there. I'm loving Detroit. I don't want to. I don't want to chop them yet. Not yet. Not yet. We, we, matter of fact, it'll be an, who they who they play. You're going to talk to me about it. What is it, the Cardinals or somebody this week? Uh. No, it's not the Cardinals. It's the Chargers. It's the Char. Oh, Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. Yes, and Kellen Moore. Yeah, good, good. Their 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 old offensive old coordinator offensive is now with the Chargers. Yeah, they got rid of because uh, he they were scoring like thirty two points a game, I think, during the regular season. Yeah. Then they had problems in the pre in the postseason, and they kind of looked at him like, "All right, it's all your fault, buddy." In any event, that's your top five: Niners, Buffalo. Dallas, Kansas City, and Miami. Then to round out the top 10, number six, Detroit, the Lions, Benny, up in the top 10 like that. Yes, sir. A little bit ahead of Philadelphia. Detroit is a plus 8.2 win margin, the Philly plus 7.4. The Ravens coming in, and the Ravens kind of under a little bit of fire here a little bit. You know, looking at the Ravens kind of cross-eyed. Um, but they're plus 6.8. The Seattle Seahawks coming in at plus 5. And Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield holding on the fourth tie. Oh, my goodness. A three-way tie, Benny, for that 10th spot between Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Cleveland at plus 4. Man, that takes you down to 13 if we add them all in there. But long story short, Mm, there's your top 10 plus. Before you even go any further, this whole top 16, as far as I'm concerned, is pretty strong. Not to say that there's somebody that's from 17 on down that can't emerge somewhere along the line, but we're only five games into the season. These teams are beginning to prove themselves to be possible contenders, and that's all we're looking for at this point. Five and a 15 is uh, it's like 30. It's like one-third, right? 15 divided by five is like a third. So we're, we're a third of the way into the season. And I, I'm hearing people say, oh, we still got a long season to go. Ooh. I'm like, mm, you got a third of the season under your belt right here. Let's look at the top half of the scoring people in the, in the average points for – that track team, Miami Dolphins, Niners East at 36.2 points per game. Niners coming in second at 33.4. Purdy. Buffalo minus Ben on the bandwagon scoring 31.8. 
points per game. Detroit, that's how you get in the top 10, buddy. You put up in that number four spot, 29.6 points per game. And Philly, putting up 28.2 points per game. That's enough to win when you got the tush push, Benny. You know, that's your top five in scoring right there. You got anything on that? No, this is pretty clear that these five teams have extremely formidable offenses. There's no doubt in anybody's mind, there's, there should be no doubt in anybody's mind that these teams are very prolific offensively. I mean, let's face it, Miami put up freaking 70. Now, we'll say this. San Fran's, what is that, 33.4? Yeah. That's come on pretty consistent scoring week after week. So Miami's got a bit of a skew there with a 70-point game. No doubt. And Buffalo's been pretty consistent, and Detroit and Philly have also been very consistent. So we'll have to keep an eye on Miami. But everybody else in that top five pretty much has an offense that you got to really worry about. Remind me, I got something to say about Aaron Donald when we get to that Philly Rams review that you do, uh, when we get to the bias flesh reports. Let's finish out the top 10 in scoring. There's Seattle again, Benny, and the L.A. Chargers. And look who they're just ahead of, Benny, in scoring. Dallas Cowboys at 26.8. Chargers at 27.5. And, and, and let's remember, the Chargers and the Seahawks are coming off the bye. Okay, coming off the bye, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple teams on the bye this week, too. I got their number somewhere here. Only two. Right, exactly, exactly. Kansas City, 25.6 points per mm -hmm. game. Denver. Denver, 24.2 points per game. <laughs> this is this this Denver thing is driving me crazy. This is this is almost like the exact opposite of last year. Not almost like it's the exact opposite. It is in fact the exact opposite of last year. year. Offensively and defensively. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh my goodness. It is it's absolutely bananas. All right. Um rounding out the top half, we have uh from 24 points per game is going down to 22, just a small amount. We have Indianapolis, Chicago, Houston, Green Bay, the Rams, and Minnesota at 16, 22 points per game. I don't know. Is that, does, does Kirk Cousins still give you a ton of fantasy points when he's just putting up? Yes, he does. Game? Yeah, he's he's very reliable. Oh, my God. Aaron lies the problem with fantasy. Jeez, for Christmas. It's not a problem when you win games and you win money. How is that a problem? Okay, all right, all right. I don't, I don't see where the problem is. How about defense? Do you have the Niners defense on your fantasy? Couple of teams, yes, I did. A couple of teams, yes, a couple of teams. The number one ranked defense giving up thirteen point six points per game. Look who we followed by, Benny. Tied with Baltimore, much less. Cleveland. Yeah, cl remember Cleveland's coming off the bye. Cleveland's coming off the bye, man. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not. 
I'm not, you know, overly confident in this game. I think this is going to be a game game, you know. Baltimore, 15 points per game. All right. So so we saw Baltimore and the scoring. Where are they at? Scoring here. Uh, they're not in the top half. They're not in the top half of scoring. No. Oh my goodness. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh is right. New Orleans coming in fourth, fifteen point two points per game, just ahead of uh, Kansas City and Buffalo, giving up sixteen points per game each. Not bad. Not bad. Dallas is giving up sixteen point six, and I still believe that's a skew number. Tampa Bay right behind them, 17 points per game at eighth. Tennessee at ninth, 18.6 points per game. And Atlanta, the Falcons, 19.2 points per game. Mm, Falcons surprised me a little bit. Uh, Houston, let's go 11 through 16 real fast. That's Houston, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, the Jets, Detroit, and the Rams. So, Ben, when we used to talk about the ranking differential with Detroit, it was Detroit's offense was up there in the top and their defense was down in the lower half. Right. So their offense is sitting at number four right now, points four. Last week, because remember I said I was going to track Detroit. Last week they were sitting at number 13 in points against. Now – they're at 15. I think they gave up 24 points in their last game. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I just I just picked them to kind of track. Yeah. Let's see how they do. And the Rams, you know, that 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 Philly, man, that tush push, man, that's worth points. You know, that's the part. And, and I think they play to it. They'd be like, don't worry about scoring, just get close. Just <laughs> get close, we're good. <laughs> they said for any other team that doesn't tush push, they were at a 70% success rate. I saw that. Philly was at a 90-something percent success rate. Right. So as successful as it is, they, they, they apparently do it better. And again, when you get to that game, I just want to – anyway, the Jets – 14, Detroit Lions 21.4 at 15, and the Rams rounding off the top half, 21.6. ATOD, average turnover differential. This is what I was talking about, Ben. If it's positive, this is not really a positive number. This is a differential. And that's why I think uh, uh, I'm going to hold on to the uh, Pythagorean calculation. Tampa Bay is number one, Benny, at 1.8, plus 1.8. Interesting. Turnovers. Uh, <clears throat> San Francisco plus 1.4 LA Chargers and Seattle tied at 1.3. That's Seattle showing up all up in the top half, ain't they? Yep. Seattle, Buffalo, Dallas, all these teams are showing up in, 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 in uh, different categories. Pittsburgh, Houston uh, are tied for seventh and eighth spot. Then Ninth and tenth, Jacksonville and Cincinnati at plus zero point eight. Then you got Philly and Indianapolis and the, and the Saints tied at plus zero point six for the eleventh through thirteenth place. Fourteenth through sixteenth, you have on the plus side 
tied at 0.2, Detroit, the Jets, and the Cardinals. So there's your plus side for your net points, your scoring, your points for, your defense, your points against, and your turnover differential. Okay, that means they taketh away more or less than they giveth it away. Let's look at second half of it, Benny. All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, my goodness. All right. This is where Benny starts talking about teams that might elevate themselves from the bottom half to the top half. Let's look at net points. Again, we go from positive to negative with average net points. 17 is Jacksonville. Green Bay is breaking even at zero. Then you've got Tennessee at minus one for the 19th place. You got a two-way tie for 20th and 21st at negative 2.4 for the Jets and Minnesota, which I just think is a hilarious situation considering that they keep talking about bringing in Kirk Cousins to the Jets like that's going to change things. And then they're going to look and say, we're still minus 2.4. Nothing changed. Okay. It's all his fault. Atlanta, minus 2.6. Arizona, minus 5.6. Cincinnati, minus 6.2. Pittsburgh, minus 6.2. Tied, 24th to 25th. Vegas at minus 7. Chicago at minus 8.4. So Phil's ain't the worst. You got Washington, Carolina, Denver, New England. <laughs> stinky, stinky, stinky New England. And I, I believe your number there for your Giants is still probably skewed, Benny, but you guys got some work to do. There's no doubt about it. Coming in 37. A lot of work to do. Oh, my goodness. Gee, me Christmas. All right, you got anything to say about average net points from 17 through 32? Well, uh, I know sometimes uh, when you see rankings such as these or the different rankings of different publications and what have you, not only will they have the teams ranked, but they'll also put a little green arrow pointing up or a little red arrow pointing down to kind of tell you how the team is trending. So if I were to do that, I would say Jacksonville is trending up, Green Bay and, and Tennessee are trending down, Minnesota I would not mark at all. They're at a crossroads. They just lost their number one offensive weapon. But they've been scoring, and they have some guys that can possibly together add up to what Jeff Justin Jefferson gave them if they're used properly. The Jets are trending up. Atlanta's trending up. Arizona is trending down. Cincinnati is up. Pittsburgh's up. Raiders are up. Chicago's up, Washington, Carolina, Denver, New England, and the Giants are all trending down. Or luck. When you say trending up, does that mean they won their last game? Because not necessarily. Trend has to be more than one game. You know, like for not example, necessarily. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. It's the game. It's how they looked in the game. And it's who their next opponent is. 
Well, Cincinnati, for example, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, Joe Burrow looked like whatever therapy they were giving him worked. <laughs> you know, that one ball he threw, I mean, it's 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 the ball that you that you want to see because it was way out front for him. You know what I mean? He didn't have to slow down. He was shift or nothing like that. The separation he had was enhanced by the, where the ball got dropped. So um, I, I'm like, okay, Burrow's throwing it like that. And he started running. I'm like, ooh, you know, get a little crazy there. But, okay, there's your top, your bottom half and average net points. And as I said, ladies and gentlemen, your nets, they can be either positive or negative. So average points for Baltimore's coming in at 17, tied with Washington, Benny. Uh, who's the quarterback at Washington? Sam Howell. So Lamar Jackson and Sam Howell both scoring, leading their offenses to the exact same average points scoring. Arizona right behind them. Your boy Joshua Dobbs, Benny, hanging up there with Washington and Baltimore, a little bit ahead of the tie between Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. New Orleans coming in at 19.2 for the 22nd spot. Cleveland right behind them, scoring 19 points per game. That could be where the issue is when the Niners play Cleveland. <laughs> could be the issue right there. The scoring. They scoring 16. We only giving up 13. And it don't add up to a lot more points for these guys. But we shall see. Ah, that was um no, that's uh, Cincinnati, right? Um, we're going up against Cleveland. I knew it was in Ohio. Wrong Ohio. Cleveland's at 19 points per game, um, which, you know, again, that ain't a bunch. That's There's an issue there. Uh, is Deshaun out or in? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't looked because I don't have him on uh, too many of my teams. I believe he should be in. Since they're coming off the bye and he had an extra week. Okay. Okay. All right. So you got your 18.6 points down to 17.6. That's the Jets, Carolina, and Tennessee. Tied at 16.6 points per game is Cincinnati and Atlanta. Pittsburgh tied with Vegas. Interesting tie there at 15.8 points per game. Giants scoring 12.4 and New England 11. New England's bringing up the bottom there, 32nd place, 11 points per game. That offense just looks dysfunctional. But on the defensive side, we have Pittsburgh at 17, giving up 22 points per game. And Green Bay right behind them, 22.6. Right behind them, a three-way tie, Seattle, Cincinnati, and Vegas takes you down in 21st place at 22.8 points per game. <clears throat> and Annapolis giving up 23 at 22nd place. Minnesota, 24.4 points per game for the 23rd place. The Chargers giving up 26 points per game. Hmm. New England, 26.2 points per game. That's probably the surprise for me. It was one thing we expected in New England. expected with defense to, to hold up uh, in New England. That doesn't look like that's happening. Miami's giving up 27 points per game. 
that's not good. When you if you're a track team and you're giving up, you're down in that realm, 20, number 26 in points per game. Um, the question is what happens when the weather changes? That's really the question. Arizona, Carolina, the Giants, Chicago, Washington, and Denver. Denver's given up a historic 36.2 points per game. I don't know if it's really historic, but we know that 70-point uh, shellacking they took from Miami. Um, and, you know, helps to skew that number uh, right there in terms of the average points again. So that's 28.8, 30, 31, 24 in Washington, giving up 32 points per game. And again, 32 points per game, Washington's giving up. And now the coach is on the hot seat, Benny. Ron Rivera, defensive guy, right? Yep. It's like uh, in New England, defensive guy. You know, last last year, last year they had three defensive coordinators, <laughs> often coordinating the offense, coordinating the defense. <laughs> they might have had one coordinating special teams. I don't know. But they like their defensive coordinators. But this year, it's challenging. Turnover differential, average TLD. You got a two-way tie between Tennessee and Green Bay at minus 0.2. From a three-way tie between Kansas City Rams and Baltimore at minus 0.4. We have a one, two, three-way tie between Miami, Denver, and Atlanta. It takes us down to the 24th place at minus 0.6. Two-way tie between Chicago and Carolina at minus 0 0.8. Those are all fractions of one. Now we get to the full number. Your Giants and Washington giving up a full negative one turnover differential. Uh, Vegas at negative 1.4. The Patriots negative 1.6. And Cleveland and Minnesota mopping up 31st and 32nd place. 31st and 32nd place at minus 1.8. That's almost two extra turnovers they're giving up per game. Um, and you can't win that way. And that's why they're on the minus side of the margin to some large degree. That's it, Benny. One through okay. two, net points, points, four points against, and turnover differential. Wrap it up for me. Let me just say... <clears throat> And I really don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't want to say it. Minnesota at the bottom of turnover differential is a result of the team and not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has less fumbles than at least eight other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. However, the team as a whole, that's running backs, and wide receivers, because their biggest problem is fumbles, have taken on the most of that. It's not Kirk Cousins. He's got like three fumbles. Okay. All right. It's a multitude of other starting quarterbacks that have four-plus fumbles. Okay. All right. Are they down in that bottom 32 that you're talking about? Those I just said – they're in the bottom in the because bottom. of the team. It's a team. That, would that include your Giants there? It, 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 it is a team statistic. Okay. All right. All right. In any event, 
the numbers are what they are, ladies and gentlemen. I can't put them there. I, like I told Benny, I just had one of those Facebook memories come back. And when my team was number 32 in the average net points, they just reminded me on Facebook. Remember <laughs> back when I'm like, see, because all right, Benny, let's move on to the matchups. You ready? Sure thing. Benny, check this out. Bias Plus Reports, NFL Week 6, 2023-2024. Look what we got, Benny. Hey, what's up with the leather helmet thing? <laughs> wow. Leather helmets, ain't this something? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're getting to that point in football, man. It's getting down to the real thing now. All that playing around. We got to get used to each other. We ain't get to play with you know with each other during the preseason. That's in the win. It's week six, baby. It's week six. A third, almost <clears throat> a third of the season is done. And you know, man, when you when you only got two thirds left, that's you look up and say, mm, that is a chunk that's missing there. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I I hear a lot of people. I've said it myself. It's still early. But guess what? You're right. It's a third of the way through. And teams that have dug themselves a hole are going to find it very difficult to get out of that hole if they want to think that they have an opportunity to possibly get a wild card and get into the playoffs. It's going to be extremely difficult to dig your way out of a one-win, two-win hole at this point. But, you know, got to wait and see how things pan out. You know, Benny, so here we are, week six. I just had a thought, though. You just gave What's me What's that? Because this week we have buys, right? Last week we had a buy. Was that the first week of buys last week? Yes, it was. Okay. So once the buy season starts, I think we can officially say it's no longer early in the season. <laughs> Okay, you could look at it that way. We use the buy the buy weekend to, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, well, we kind of already said last week that the second preseason was over. Yeah, no doubt. So, so those two things are kind of matching up at this point. They are. Um, they are. They are. So, Broncos I'm at Chiefs, Benny. We just looked at. The two, however, the bias plus score is 22.4 favors the Chiefs. And again, this is your net points differential for the two teams with a little bit of the turnover differential built into that. So we know net point-wise, the Chiefs, you know, they're not killers, but they're well ahead of where the Broncos were. Right. Well, sir. Broncos are going to have to go to Kansas City, so that's going to be a tall task for them, especially after last weekend. Russell Wilson tossed a short touchdown pass to rookie running back Jaleel McLaughlin, who, if you play fantasy, you can probably pick him up, but I'm sure he went off the waiver wire pretty hot today. Uh, this is a young kid, undrafted free agent, Looks really good, great running back, great speed, real shifty. With Javante Williams being hurt, this is a guy you might want to pick up in fantasy. However, Russell Wilson threw a touchdown pass to him. 
Russell Wilson also led the Broncos on two more drives that ended in Will Lutz field goals in the first half of the game. And then they didn't score again until a little more than four minutes left in the game to get the Broncos within three points. A Patrick Sertan interception gave them one last chance to drive or t uh, to drive for a tie or possibly to win the game. But that drive ended when Russell Wilson was sacked. He then fumbled and the fumble got scooped up and returned for a touchdown by the Jets. Down goes Frazier. He scooped that thing up nice too, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did a great job. He scooped that thing up like, oh, thank you. So the Chiefs will be home. They'll be welcoming Denver in. The Chiefs versus the Vikings game was a pretty good quarterback battle, believe it or not. Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins' numbers were almost identical. I'm not going to go into what they were because I didn't want to be league at the point. But believe me, I can look them up for you and give them to you. They were almost identical. They were extremely, extremely close. Now, for the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco scored one touchdown on the ground. Mahomes threw for two. The last one was to Travis Kelsey, who came back from a bit of a scary ankle injury during the game, non-contact injury, but he got it taped up, came back out, played, scored. The defense kept the Vikings off the board the rest of the way, and that was all she wrote for the Vikings. So Mahomes and the uh, Chiefs went in with a win. They will be hosting the Broncos. They have the bias. I am going to go with the bias and stick with the Chiefs. Next up, Benny, we have the Ravens at the Titans. That's a little bit more of a tighter situation, smaller bias plus score, only seven. But it's favoring those Ravens, Benny. Uh, the Ravens, Baltimore was plus 6.8 in net points. Tennessee is minus one. So, you know, it got it got evened out a little bit with the differential and the turnovers, but you can see Ravens have basically been winning by a slightly larger margin. Actually, you know, Tennessee has been losing by an average of one point as opposed to winning by an average of anything. Um, but What's with the dropsies? What the wide receivers? Tell me. Oh, man. Ravens. Ravens. Oh, my God. First of all, they got to go on the road and play the Titans. So let's see how this thing stacks up. They played the Steelers last weekend. I thought this game would give me a better look at how Lamar Jackson and his new offense were getting along. He only ran the ball six times, and he actually – actually operated and threw pretty well from the pocket. But the players couldn't seem to get out of their own way. The other players on the team couldn't seem to get out of their own way. And for some strange reason, they held a slim 10 to three lead going into the fourth quarter. 10 to three, I thought it was a high scoring baseball game. They ended up losing 17-14 because along the way, Lamar was sacked four times. He committed two of three total turnovers. He had an interception. He had a fumble. 
And worst of all, he had five passes dropped, two of them in the end zone that would have been sure touchdowns. If he gets those two touchdowns, regardless of the turnovers, they win the game. Very sad. Very, very sad. Now, as far as the Titans are concerned, Ryan Tannehill was not so great in Indianapolis last week. He went 23-34, not real efficient, 264 yards. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he did throw an interception. And losing to the Colts 23-16, mostly because not only did he not play well, but Derrick Henry never got on track. And although Tannehill and uh, DeAndre Hopkins hooked up pretty consistently, only Tajay Spears, the backup running back to Derrick Henry, he was the only guy that was able to find the end zone. An even bigger issue for the Titans was the Titans' defense, which was the number four-ranked run defense in the league, a defense that held up 10 straight opponents to less than 100 yards rushing. 10 straight opponents, they held under 100 yards rushing. And the Colts' offensive line and Zach Moss bulldozed them for 165 yards and two touchdowns. What the heck happened, Mr. Vrabel, to your run defense? Crazy, crazy, crazy. I, this is a tough one to call here. I know the Ravens got the bias but their offense is still on shaky ground. The Titans' once pretty formidable defense is also on shaky ground. They never were really great against the pass, but now their run defense seems to be a shambles. I I, I don't even know what to do now. The challenge with I, Tennessee I think, is that Tennessee is only scoring 17.6 points per game. Okay, so that's that's a that's a mark against. So, yeah, they're competent. Lamar Jackson can can score that sleep. You know? Yeah, you're right. Thank you for that. I'll <laughs> go with the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say this: people are starting to say, "Oh, so you went out and got a new um, offensive coordinator? I don't see any difference here. <laughs> what's, what's he doing?" No, there is a difference. There you is seen, a difference. Like difference? I said, he only ran the ball six times. So you think that's pretty much it? You know, they are they are they are making an effort. They're making an effort to have him throw the ball more, and they're making an effort for him to work out of the pocket more. Less rollouts, less running opportunities, less called run plays. So I can see the difference in the offense. Okay, okay. But if they don't catch the ball. What, what, I mean, come on. You can't complain about Lamar Jackson passing and he hits you in the hands and you drop it. Especially I'm, I'm in the end zone. This. I'm going to say this. Um, you're absolutely right. I will say that some of these passes, though, they're coming at these guys passing from different angles. He's not exactly hitting them right here. I don't want to hear that. It's that freaking NFL. Don't ever. No, no, no. Hey, look. These are NFL wide receivers. They're, they're Unless the ball is behind them, their passes are simple. or over their head. I don't want now. You watch the game? Yeah. Okay. Then what you're talking about didn't happen. Uh, okay. All right. Not in that game. 
right. I'm just saying. I saw this. If there was, if there was, hey, look, he had some, like, some of those dropped. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying, you know, he can still improve his touch and, and, and his accuracy, his lead, and all that kind of stuff. There can be some improvements here. You're killing and me right if now. If he does that, he will You're be killing me right now, man. Weapon X. What do you want from this guy? No, listen to me. If he does that, he will be Weapon X, no doubt about it. He's already Weapon X. I think he's Weapon W. You're not quite. No, sure. he's Weapon X. They pissed that no. game away. So, oh, I'm not saying they did. If they catch two, I'm not saying they didn't. If they catch you two know? of those five passes, they win the game. You had turnovers. You mentioned turnovers that he was involved with, right? Doesn't matter. If they catch two of those five passes, they win that game. Saying. But I watched the game. Turnovers, turnovers. He I watched the game. You know, so I agree. I watched the game. The, if they the, catch the, the, two of those five passes, the they win drops, that game. The amount of drops was ridiculous. I agree with you 100%. Okay. I'm not measuring the against the turnovers. I agree with you. I'm going with the fact of the matter that if two of those passes had been caught, regardless of the turnovers, they would have won that game. All right. You going with the Ravens? Yes. Absolutely. Next up, Panthers at Dolphins. Bias plus score 20.6 favors the Dolphins. Okay, it's kind of hard. Uh, you know, they got net points. They put up 70. They won by 50. That was a high net. They get averaged into everything. And the Panthers are now dealing with who at quarterback, baby? Uh, ooh, who is their backup? Is it the Red Rifle? I do believe. But um, I don't think he's hurt, though. No, no, no. Bryce Young played. I, I Bryce think Bryce is hurt, okay. Right? Yeah, I think he's okay, though. Okay. I have to double-check that. Again, they took some him of these out guys. They switch push, didn't they? Excuse me? I think they had a play like like a quarterback sneak or something like that, and they took Bryce off <laughs> to it right for it. <laughs> yeah, the guy weighs like a buck seven. <laughs> Let's let let me say this since you brought that up real fast, okay? When you talk about the success that the Eagles have with this play, and some of these other teams that seem to be trying it and not having as much success, let's remember Jalen Hurts squats over six hundred pounds, okay? Regardless of anybody pushing him from behind, this guy squats over six hundred pounds. Right, he he's he's cool. He can handle his own business. Not to mention that they've worked on it, and their offensive line works in conjunction really, really well to get down underneath of the defensive line and root them out to make room for him to be able to push forward. Okay, this is not something that you just say. You know what? We should do that too. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. And, and the Eagles have a top offensive line. Absolutely. You know, so, oh, it's a great play. It's a great play, you know. I'm just, it's it's one of those things where the more successful it is, the more they're going to talk about outlawing it. <laughs> sure. So, but, okay. Panthers at Dolphins, 20.6 favorites at Dolphins. Who you got? Well, it's not looking good for the Panthers, I'll tell you that. Now, they lost to the Lions 
in Detroit last week, 42 to 24. It wasn't even that close, if that even sounds close to anybody. Mm -hmm. They are now 0-5. They will find it very hard to get wins if they continue to turn the ball over. Bryce Young threw two interceptions. Miles Sanders had a fumble that he lost. All that happened in the first half, and they went into halftime down 28 to 10. Man, that's rough. They never really recovered enough to threaten in this one. Uh, it was basically over at halftime. Now, consequently, the Dolphins, who will be at home, had no problem dispatching the Giants 31 to 16. This wasn't even a game, folks. They got a little sloppy with the ball now, but they put up 308 yards through the air, 222 yards on the ground. Devin A. Chan continued his crazy yards per attempt season. This is something you need to be tracking, dude. His, his yards per attempt. This guy went for 151 yards on 11 carries. Derrick Henry takes 18 to 20 carries to get 150 yards. This guy got 151 on 11 carries. It was also a very dominant game by the Dolphins' defense, who, in, in my opinion, are a bit maligned. I, I forget where they lined up at in our, in our rankings, okay? But they showed off a little bit last week. Um, 14 quarterback hits, seven sacks, eight tackles for loss. Very, very nice job by the Dolphins' defense. I got to go with the Dolphins on this one. There's no question. The um, let me see here if I can. I don't know if I have that right here in front of me, but uh, the the Dolphins on the defensive side, you know, are a little vulnerable. So I think they're giving up twenty some plus points per game. So they're probably in the top half of the top of the bottom half. And top and, of the bottom half, yeah, yeah. I no, they it. haven't been outstanding. Yeah, but yeah. my point is they're actually pretty good. It's just that sometimes when you're in a track meet, you give the other team, because you're scoring so fast, you give the other team a few more opportunities. I, I, th I think that's probably the problem with them uh, defensively. But um, You said I need to be tracking HN. I actually have a stat right here. Um, most rush yards per attempt since 1970. Okay. Wow. Uh, running backs, teams, first five games. So we're talking about the first five games for running backs going back to 1970. The, they have six listed. At the bottom, number six is Mercury Morris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> number five is Napoleon Kaufman. Ah, Raiders. Raiders. Number um, four is Charlie Garner. Raiders and Raiders. Eagles. Two Raiders in a row. He played for the Eagles too, though. Yes, he did. But he, but he had his best days with the Raiders. Now, I'm going to mess this up, Benny. But number three is Tim Biabakatuka. <laughs> Biabakatuka. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Panthers. Yeah, I remember him. Remember him? Yeah. Baya Batuka, I think it's. Baya Batuka, there you go. There you go. Number two is LaShawn Johnson. 
Cardinals. Lashawn, L-E-S-H-O-N Johnson. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't tell know. Lashawn got his name up in lights. We don't know why. Uh, 8.5 yards, okay, um, per attempt. Number one, Divine Aiton, 12.1 points, excuse me, yards per, per, carry. per carry. That's crazy. They said, that, and it reminded me, they said those are high school numbers. Those are kind of numbers yeah. that guy, the all-state super guy. Right. And I remember that when Christopher was in high school and he was like doing nine nine yards and you know carry and stuff like that. And you look up, you see this 12 yard, like, who the heck is that guy? Right. You know? So yeah, but he's doing that in the pros. But Benny, you always say this about this those fast guys, man. They get hurt. Here's the funny thing. I don't remember him getting hurt in the game. Mm. I don't remember him. And now he's on the ground. Games. I don't remember him being on the ground. I don't remember them coming out to tend to him. I don't know what the heck happened. All I know is the game was over. The media seemed to be a little funny about it, too. They were like, he got hurt in the game. And they're like, yeah. So somewhere late in the game, he injured his knee, probably came off the field and said, hey, I'm, I'm hurt. I can't go back in. And that was the end of that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And, and it's it's not a small injury either. They're talking about he's going to miss multiple games. Yeah, you're going on IR. That's four games straight up. That's four games right off the bat. You know, that's four games straight up. But – they do have a bit of a stable, so we shall see how it goes from here. All right, going with the Dolphins? Yep. Next up in the Leather Helmet series, Colts and Jaguars. Look at that little teeny weeny, not even a full one bias plus score of 0 0.4 favoring those Jaguars. And the mm. Colts have a little Minshew magic going for them, don't they? Yeah, I'm not sure they're real happy about it, but then again, they may be happy about it. From what I'm hearing from the people on the NFL Network, they seem to consider Mincy to be the number one backup quarterback, best job in the NFL, best job. number one quarterback in the league. Now, here's the deal. The Colts got a very well-deserved win over the Titans last week, 23-16, but it was actually a very costly win because they lost their starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson. He hurt his right shoulder. Uh, it's his AC joint. At this point, he's looking at four to eight weeks, four weeks automatic because they're going to put him on IR, eight weeks possibly, and possibly he may need surgery, but they don't know that yet. So you can look for him to be out for at least a month and uh, could be longer depending on what it looks like once they get in there. Now, backup Gardner Minshew did a good job managing the win, but it was Zach Moss and the Colts O-line that ran rough shot over the number four ranked run defense in the league, that being of the Titans, which we talked about earlier. The Colts defense did a far better job 
on Derrick Henry than the Titans defense did on Zach Moss. Uh, they pretty much shut down Derrick Henry in the Titans run game. Now, that being said, they got to go to Jacksonville. The Jags will be coming back after their two-week stint over in London. Back-to-back uh, -back games in London turned into back-to-back -back wins for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they took out the Bills 25-20. to 20. Staying over there, I thought, would be a positive for them. They didn't come home. They stayed in London for the entire week. Uh, they look like the fresher team. They look much fresher than the Bills, and they were able to hold on to a lead and hold off the Bills in the fourth quarter to secure the win. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball well, but got sacked five times and was played with three fumbles. Understand, this should have been a loss, okay? Remember we talked about Lamar Jackson, and I told you, yeah, he had turnovers. They catch those two passes, they win that game. Trevor Lawrence got sacked five times, three fumbles. Two of those fumbles were lost. That's him alone. They still won the game because they held on to the ball and because they had the superior ground game with Travis Etienne. He rushed 26 times for 136 yards and two touchdowns, and they controlled the clock. That's the difference. That being said, Colts can forget about it. Mince you magic. Forget about it. The Jaguars are on a little roll. I like the Jags to win this game. You know, um, we talked about uh, the home team in, over in England um, and, and the Buffalo Bills versus the Jaguars, and the Jaguars having been the team that's been to England the most. So we kind of yes. thought, you know, might be – a lot more Jaguar fans there. No. I'm telling you. <laughs> Bill's fans were there. Bill's Mafia was in the house. In fact, English when, connection to the Bill's Mafia. Yes. When the Jags came on the field, on the field, they were roundly booed. Wow. I don't remember Badly. That. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. But I do remember we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, this looks like Bill territory here, boy. I'm telling you. Then the Jaguars pulled the game out, though. So, yep. you know, you see the one guy was in full Jaguar. I mean, he was face was completely looking like a Jaguar. Like you had no clue yeah. what he looked like, you know. <laughs> he was standing right next to a lady with all Bill stuff on. <laughs> Fans the fun of it right there. Okay. Now, these guys probably actually, these teams probably actually wore leather helmets at one point. I know the Bears did. I remember seeing Bears in the video. In the yes, sir. I'm not sure about those Vikings, though. This is a long, long time rivalry. Well, Very the long time. The score is only two. Only just, two. Just two, and it's favoring the Vikings. Okay. Well, well, the 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 whole the, the Jefferson list, right? Yes, yes. Mm. So the Bears are going to be home. They'll be coming home after a victory in Washington. So we'll talk about the Bears first. Not only did they win their first game of the season, 
but they won it on the road and they won big. They beat up on the Washington Commanders 40 to 20 and celebrated their first win in almost a year. Justin Fields threw four touchdown passes a couple of weeks ago in a loss to Denver. Last weekend, he threw four more touchdown passes, but this time the Bears came away with their first victory literally since October of 2022, almost exactly a year since they won a game. That's amazing. Now, Fields connected with DJ Moore eight times for a whopping 230 yards and three of those four touchdowns. The defense held up their end of the deal with five sacks and two takeaways. So they did the damn thing to Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. And like you said, I believe, I agree with you, Ron Rivera should probably be on the hot seat. I think uh, Eric Bieniemy made the right choice and was lucky getting chosen to be the OC of this team. I see him as, as the future head coach of this team, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But you I just had to. are there, buddy. Jeez. I wanted to get that out there. Okay. Because let's face it, let's remember Snyder's out. Harris, the Sixers owner, Magic Johnson, and a bunch of other people are now the owners of the Washington Commanders. They have no allegiance to Ron Revere. They didn't pick him. He's not their guy. I mean, he's the coach of their team, but he's not necessarily their guy. Okay? So you got to keep that in mind when you're talking about coaching changes and things of that nature. Now. Did you, before you go any further, let me just mention, I think we'll talk about a little bit more and then again when we look at our page. But mm -hmm. Magic Johnson tweeted or put out on X very interesting, serious comment. And it yes. Was, it was not good because it really looked at their effort. That's that's my point exactly. And when you're talking about team effort, you're talking about the head coach. Okay. That, no, that not, points not the directly to the I'm a fan coach. as far as head coach is concerned. So. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's 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 why I said what I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Vikings. It was a game they could have won, but they fell to the Chiefs 27 to 20. Believe me, they had every opportunity to win this game, but they lost it, and it was no fault of Kirk Cousins. He was 29 of 47, 284 yards. Two touchdowns, no turnovers. Unfortunately, tight end Josh Oliver did fumble early in the game. Kansas City scored shortly afterwards, took the early lead. Now the Vikings lead the league with 12 turnovers, eight of which are fumbles, only three of which belong to Kirk Cousins. Now, all that being said, Vikings-Bears is going to be a very tough game. Bears are home. They're feeling good about themselves after getting their first win. Vikings won't have Justin Jefferson. I'm actually going to go with the Bears on this one. Going against the bias. Going yes, against Kirk Cousins. Ben, did it have anything to do with the fact that um, Minnesota, let's see here. Where they are. 
I, I, I might be kicking myself on this one because I really so still believe that the Vikings are the better team. Scoring, averaging 22 points per game. Who, who the Vikings? Yeah. And the Bears are? Points per game. Chicago's averaging 23 points per game. Right. But the difference, Kirk Cousins, though, I guess Kirk Cousins doesn't take any any of the blame for the, the the scoring or the lack thereof either, right? We mean lack thereof. Twenty two points per game. That's like sixteenth place in the league. You got a bunch of teams well ahead of that in scoring. Who's who's seventeenth? Who is seventeenth? Baltimore. Ty Lamar Jackson, Washington, and Arizona. Okay, you could keep going. There's there's other people there. Let, listen, man. We can do this Kirk Cousin thing all year long, okay? I hope so. But the bottom line is you know that you keep bringing it up because you've got this brain fart thing going and you want to keep it going. But the facts are the facts. Their turnover issue is not on Kirk Cousins. It's on the other players on the team. Their scoring issue is not on Kirk Cousins. This guy's winning fantasy games for me left and right. I start him week after week after week, and I win championships. And it hasn't just been this year. It's been for the past two or three years. Okay? So you can talk bad about Kirk Cousins all you want. But the facts are the facts. That's all I just asked. Kirk Cousins is a, is a really good quarterback. 22 points per game. You think that's say. good production? You think that's something that a quarterback is proud of? That's all I'm asking you. Yes. Okay. All right. He's in the top half, right? Yep, he is. He's okay. Where's the defense? Huh? Where's the defense? Where's the defense? In the bottom half, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, but there's no fault on the defense. There's no fault on the defense. There's no fault on the no, other. No, my my question was about the score fumbling the, the ball away per game that they're scoring. That was my question. He's in the top half of Let's the get, league in scoring. Number if 16. you want to only look at the quarterbacks, okay. So but all this, all the numbers in the power in the power rankings are team. Numbers, not quarterback numbers. Okay, every team has a running back or two. Every team has defenses that get or give away or don't get turnovers. Every team is like that. All right, the team that gives away the ball a lot is going to lose a lot of games. They're also going to give the the ball to the other team, which takes away from their offense, scoring points. Why you only look at the Vikings when other teams are going through the same thing is astounding to me. I'm not only looking at the Vikings. I just You asked. are only looking at the Vikings. I'm talking about you. the Vikings. You're not making these statements about anybody else. 22 points is something to be proud else. of. But you know, okay, i tell you what. Um, now, have you finished? I mean, have you protected Kirk Cousins? Have you said everything? I mean, I don't have to protect him. The numbers protect him. Well, there you go. So we can move forward then, Kirk Cousins. Okay. That's 22 points per game. <laughs> Moving forward to the Saints at the Texans. 
Bias Plus score is only 0 0.6. And it's favoring the Texans. Real close there. Real close. And Benny. There's only two quarterbacks left with no interceptions. And one of them plays for the Texans. That would be correct. That would be one C.J. Stroud. Uh, Saints at Texans. Okay, Texans are going to be at home. Wow. Uh, this, is, this, this is hard for me because I really kind of had my heart set on this one. So after a big win at home over the Steelers in week four, I thought the Texans were prepared to take care of business in Atlanta. I really thought they were going to win that game. I thought they were going to get on a little mini roll. I'm not expecting the Texans to make the playoffs or make no whole bunch of noise, but I really thought the Texans were going to win a few games, and I thought this Atlanta game would be one of them. They actually had the lead in the game, 19-13, to 13, with a minute 49 left in the game. But they ended up losing the game on a last-second field goal. That had to hurt. Now, Saints, Alvin Kamara, fresh off his suspension, hits the ground running, 22 carries. And we all know this guy can catch the ball a lot too, right? This is 22 straight running back carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Derek Carr was a tidy 18 of 26. Not spectacular, but concise. 18 of 26, 183, two touchdowns. They completely handled the Patriots, 34 to nothing. Patriots are in trouble, by the way, and I'll let you know how much trouble they're in later on. The Saints defense also controlled them on the ground and through the air and recorded three takeaways. This is going to be a tough game for the Texans, but I'm picking them to win this game. I think the Saints are going to come in there. This is going to be a way better. This is a good uh, candidate for um, intriguing game of the week. Uh-oh, go ahead, Benny. But I'm going to go with the Texans on this one. Going with the bias, going with the Texans. Will C.J. Yeah. Stroud throw his first interception in this game, yes or no? Well, Saints defense is pretty formidable, so that is a possibility. But the fact that he hasn't thrown one yet, I think, is is freaking phenomenal. You know, the New Orleans Saints defense, okay, let me hold on. That's the offense. Where is his defense at? The New Orleans Saints defense is in the top half? Hmm. I'm sure they're in the top half. Let me see. Yeah. Top half, Benny. How about number four? Right. Giving up 15.2 points per game. Yes. Baltimore, Cleveland, and the Niners. So Yeah, they're tough. Where are they at in turnovers? Where are they at in turnovers? We're talking about the, the Saints? Yes. Talking about the Saints, are you? They are tied with Philly and Indianapolis for the 11th, 12th, and 13th spot at 0.6 okay. on the positive side. Okay. 
So they're on the plus side. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, Derek Carr is like, he's not spectacular, but he's getting the job done. He's settling in down there. You know, he's being very Derek Carr-like. Um, so, I don't know. Do you think Derek Carr has a ceiling? That's the question about Derek Carr. It's like, is, you know, when he was at the Raiders, it was kind of like, I think they felt like he had a ceiling. Almost in the same way that the Vikings thought that, what's his name, had a ceiling before they brought in Kirk Cousins after he took them to, like, was it the NFC Championship or whatever? With that miracle in Minnesota? Um, remember that? With Keenum? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? He had them all the way there, and then it was like, okay, we don't think you can take us to the next level. And then they, he was out, and the next thing you know, they had brought Kirk Cousins in and gave him a fully guaranteed contract. So, um, you know, so they got all they could get out of a career backup, man. Come on. That's what we said. He had a ceiling then. They felt he had reached Absolutely. That, that's my whole question. That's the whole point, you know. But Derek Carr is a, is a career starter. Okay. All right. So you don't think that this, there's a ceiling issue with Derek Carr here? Oh, I'm sure he has one. I don't think he's hit it yet. Okay. All right. This is his first year with this team. Okay. All right. All right. But you're going with the Texans. Yes, sir. All right, sir, in the Leather Helmet Series, next up, Seahawks at Bengals, the rejuvenated Bengals. This ain't the same Bengals that put up those stinky points in, which is why the Bias Plus score of 13.2 is favoring the Seahawks. This is the Bengals that uh, operate with a quarterback who ain't not, is not seeming like he's hurt anymore. <laughs> well, the Bengals went out to Arizona last week and they got themselves into what we call a get right game. <laughs> Is that what we call that one? That's what we call it. That's what I call it. Joe Burrow completed 36 passes for 317 yards and three touchdowns. He looked like the old Joe Burrow that we're used to. Oh, by the way, all three touchdowns went to Jamar Chase. What a game he But had. he's always open, right? He's always open. He's like 7-11, always open. <laughs> the Cardinals' defense had no answer for Chase. He was targeted an astounding 19 times, and he caught an outstanding 15 passes. This was borderline. Do you remember the game back in the day when Terrell Owens caught 20 passes? Yeah, barely, but I remember it kind of. Yeah, this was – this was looking like one of those games. 15 completions in a game thats that, to one receiver, that's, that's pretty doggone good. Um, the Bengals' defense recorded three takeaways, two picks and a fumble recovery. Looks like they're starting to come out of their little doldrums, okay? And like you said, um, Burrow looked pretty healthy. Now, whether he's 100%, we don't know, but he's obviously feeling good in that game. Now, uh, the Seahawks are coming off the bye, so they'll be rested. They will have had an extra week to take a look at the Bengals and game plan for them. However, the Bengals will be home. Oh, gee, I don't know. This is a team. This is a toughie. Seahawks got the bias, right? Yes, Seahawks have a pretty healthy bias. But, again, we remember that the Bengals – Coming out the block, they looked really bad. Joe Burrow was hurt, you know. Right. They were getting, they were getting crushed. Seattle is scoring 27 
uh, 0.8 points per game, just under 28 points per game. Mm. So true to form, Seattle was in the lower half defensively allowing 22.8 points per mm. game. So um, what was the score? What did uh, um, Joe Burrow put up last week? 317 and three touchdowns. Total score? 34 to 20. We put up 34 points last week. Yeah. Mm. And I believe T. Higgins will be back. Mm. So he'll have another receiver that he was missing. Okay, okay. All right. Well, that's going to be a good game. I don't know. Right. So that being I said. I'm a little more intrigued what, with this one here, Benny. Yeah. What scares me is Seattle's ground game. The Bengals' defense has not really been top-notch. And uh, against the um, Cardinals, um, Connor got hurt. And the backup guy, his name's like Di Mercado or something. I didn't really know a lot about him. But he ran pretty well against them. So that kind of worries me. I didn't but, see Corey uh, Clement at all. No. No. But they brought him up. I heard they brought him up to the 53 man active roster. Well, that's that's good. But at this point, he's like <laughs> he's like third or fourth string at this point. Yeah. Uh they like the Demarcado kid. Um I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Ah. Ah. Going against the bias, believing in Joe Burrow, the new Bengals. Okay. Here's your leather helmet series right here, Benny. Those 49ers, my beloved, at the Cleveland Browns. Bias goes to go 28.6. I think that's the biggest bias so far, right? Favors the yeah. Niners. Scary so, game. Browns are coming off the bye. They had the extra week. They're rested. Everybody, including Deshaun Watson, should be healthy. And they've had the extra week to put their game plan in. Problem is, 49ers are a hell of a team to have the game plan against. They look damn scary good as they dominated the Dallas Cowboys 42-10. to 10. The Dallas Cowboys, who people just two weeks ago were saying they look like a Super Bowl contender and possibly – the best team in the league. They crushed them, boys. They sacked Dak three times. They intercepted Dak three times, and they recovered the fumble. I think the fumble was by uh, Pollard. Uh, Brock Purdy threw four touchdown passes. Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason, his backup, who I love, both scored on the ground. The 49ers look super dominant. I think they're going to come into Cleveland and they're going to take that one. I'm going with the Niners. Going with the bias. Going with the Niners. Yes, sir. Go get them, babies. Go get them. Commanders at the Falcons. Bias plus score of 9.2 favors the Falcons. Could be hmm. the Ryan Rivera. Could there be a mid-season, early-season coaching change? Benny, I don't know. I I can't remember the last time we had a midseason firing in the NFL. I'm 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 sure we've had one, 
somewhat recently. I just can't think of who it was. The only thing I can think of is um, who was it? The uh, the guy that was with with the Panthers, or was he with the Jaguars that from college, and they they had to ship his butt back. Oh, oh yeah, Urban Meyer. Urban. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was he was screwing up. Yeah, well, that's why you that's why you have a midseason change. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but 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 Ron Rivera is all football. This guy had more than football going. He had some other. He had some other stuff. He, was, he was partying when the team lost. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Go ahead, I'm gonna stay back here in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, he had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was messing up, man. He had to go. He had to go. <laughs> They couldn't. They couldn't tolerate that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh, last week, Washington lost uh, at home, which wasn't good for Ron Rivera. They lost at home to the Bears. Score was forty to twenty. They got booed off the field at halftime because they were down twenty-seven to three at halftime to the lowly. Chicago Bears, who had not won a game. So, yeah, it was a sellout crowd, and they booed them off the field as they went in at halftime. Uh, that 27-3 was mostly due to blown coverages and missed tackles. Their second-half comeback attempt fell short with a fumble, a stalled drive in the red zone, and a missed field goal. Basically, they fell apart in the second half after trying to come back putting a few points on the board. Wasn't looking good for the commanders. Now, two weeks ago, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, turned the ball over three times in a game where the Falcons got shellacked by Jacksonville. Last weekend, against the Texans, Ritter threw for 329 yards, a touchdown, a two-point conversion, and ran for a touchdown, too with zero turnovers that helped defeat the Houston Texans 21-19. So he looked the complete opposite from the week before that, or I guess it was week four, okay? Benny, I want to take full credit for his improvement. Very good. Because I questioned him two weeks ago. Remember I'll I give you that. I'm <laughs> going to give you that. You did. And I believe I said we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it was a little early. To really like, you know, cast disparagement on the guy or to raise him to a higher level. Okay. But this time he showed tremendous improvement from the week before. He said, albeit against the somehow Texans. out of the universe, he heard it. He said, Barry said, What? <laughs> Show him. Yeah, that's what it seemed wow. like. Wow, he sure did. All right. Now oh. I, I I do I do have to mention the kicker, Young Way Koo, who actually sealed the victory with a go-ahead 37-yard field goal at the end of the game as time ran out. But Desmond Ritter did help get them where they needed to be for Koo to come in, kick the field goal, and get the win. Now, the Falcons are at home. The commanders seem to be in a little bit of trouble. I'm going to go with the Falcons. All I'm right. Going to go with the bias. I'm going to take the Falcons at home. And then Magic Johnson's going to be like, Ben said, what? 
<laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, tell you the truth, as far as I'm concerned, their minds are made up. But I think they'll wait till the end of the season. But Ron Rivera, come he on. can start looking for another job. Get the mind made up. Come on. You can get it. Bias plus score. Nine. You have Patriots at the Raiders. And it's favoring the Raiders. Come on, Garoppolo. See me, Christmas. It's <laughs> your old team. You, you could you could be the last, the last um, let's say the, the straw that broke the, the camel's back when it comes to Belichick. You like you lost to Garoppolo, and then you trade him away. <laughs> and this is what you got. Can you can, think they're we... damaging, you know, uh, um Mac Jones? I mean, can can we say that that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat? Yeah, I think we can. It's it's not looking good, bro. His his post game interviews is hotter than Rivera's actually. His post game interviews used to be kind of entertaining. You know, his 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 uh, what do you call it? Uh, terseness, if that's a real word. Um, his short answers, his little quips. He said, "You have you know, to start. You have to start all over again." What does that mean? Well, yeah, it, it's it's not it's not funny anymore. It means you have to start all over. It's not funny anymore. That They're looking everybody? bad. Yeah, for everybody. It, it, yeah, right. It, it it can't get much worse for the Patriots. <laughs> the thirty-four to nothing beating at the hands of the Saints is going to be really, really hard for them to get over. I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean. We're talking about Mac Jones at quarterback, and we're talking about Bailey Zappi as your next option. Two weeks in a row, they brought Bailey in. Two weeks in a row, you 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 bench your starting quarterback during the game, and then when you get asked about it in the post uh, post game interview, you give some funny little snippy answer, like. I don't I don't think he has a clue. I really don't. I think this team, I think this locker room has gotten away from him and he's not used to it and he doesn't know what to do. I think I think Bill Belichick thinks he's back in Cleveland again. Remember when he was the head coach of Cleveland? Yeah, now you're really going back here. Yeah. I think that's the situation he's finding himself in right now, and it's not very comfortable for him. Well, when it's not you talk yourself, and not good at all. Last place in scoring in the league. Yeah, the whopping eleven points per game production. That's sad. That's sad. Now the the surprise. Is that they're not? Are they in the bottom half on defense? Well, that's average turnover. Let me see. I think they're in the bottom half on defense. Yeah, that's yeah. Coming they into the season, 26. coming into the season, one of the better defenses, at least like top ten. Right, but then you give up the big score in the one game, so now you're, right. you know, you kind of and you're so inept on offense that 
the yeah. defense just can't carry. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay. All right. So anyway, well, uh, Raiders. the Raiders, Raiders put together a much needed win over Green Bay on Monday night. Did you watch Monday Night Football? <laughs> Uh, Did you swing your opinion yet? Are you ready to kick love back to the to the curb again? <laughs> who who love? Yeah. No, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do you that. swing back the bus. <laughs> you gotta remember, man. I believe I said before the season started that I may have been a little premature about Jordan Love. I tried to give Jordan Love a little bit of love. Okay, and give him more of an opportunity to prove himself. But the Raiders, having lost three games in a row, got just enough from their offense, mostly a really stellar performance by Jacoby Myers, who Garoppolo couldn't seem to find anybody else, but he did find Jacoby Myers. And the defense stepped up. They got a really good pass rush from uh, – What's this guy there? I forget his doggone name. The guy with all the tattoos. Yeah. And they got three interceptions. Crosby? Yes, 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 yes. Max. I love that guy. Max. I love that guy. Uh, they also got three interceptions off Jordan Love, and they finished off the Packers 17-13. Not a great game, not a dominant game, but they took what the Packers gave them, which is what you're supposed to do, and they pulled out the win. I think – the Patriots will have to go to Vegas, and they better enjoy themselves on the tables if they're allowed to do that because I believe the Raiders will get another win and beat the Patriots. Now, I know you say that I'm always talking about Kirk Cousins, but the, uh, the Raiders, mm-hmm. where are they at? They are in 30th place in scoring. Right. And tied with Pittsburgh for 15.8 points per game. Okay, 15.8 points. That's two touchdowns. That's two touchdowns. And I'm thinking that's about Garoppolo's numbers. He might get you another touchdown there. He might get you in the 20s. But Garoppolo is not a 30-point-per-game, you know, consistent score. I haven't seen him do that. Okay. Um, but he won't have to do that against the Patriots. Well, no, I'm just saying, you know, when we talk about quarterbacks, I want you to know, I do hit up on some other quarterbacks because I do believe that when you're looking at the offensive production, you have to look at the quarterback. You have to at least account for your quarterback and is this the type of production that you're going to get out of this quarterback. And I think in Garoppolo's case, he's a winner. And, and again, with a great defense, you can get away with 20 points a game, you know, if your defense is giving up 13. You can get away with that, and it works. And I think that's that's about his numbers right there. So we got to keep an eye on on that offense. Just like uh, you know, with Tennessee, you know, seventeen points per game. That looks like you know about what they about where they are uh, as far as their quarterback is concerned. But you're going with the Raiders. That is correct. Let's get on to the next leather helmet game here, and we have a division game. The NFC West, the Cardinals at the Rams. Bias plus score four. Just four, Benny. Favors the Rams. Okay. Uh, 
a week or two ago, I probably would have looked at this one a little bit harder. But uh, anyway, so after falling behind the Bengals 24 to 14 at the start of the third quarter, the Cardinals were able to put together a drive and score to cut the lead to 24-20. A valiant effort by the Cardinals. They never saw the end zone again, and they never figured out how to guard Jamar Chase, and they lost 34-20, which wasn't as close as it sounds. Now, the Rams, on the other hand, Matthew Stafford welcomed Cooper Cup back from injury right off the bat hitting five times on the first drive, 56 yards. He finished with eight catches, 118 yards, and Stafford threw for 222 and threw touchdown passes to 2-2 Atwell and Huka Nukua. But they had trouble getting their run game going, so the offense wasn't very balanced, and they succumbed to the Eagles 23-14. to Now, pay attention. This was their third really competitive loss to a Super Bowl contender. They lost 19 to 6 to the Bengals, and they lost 30 to 23 to the Niners. I think they may have possibly given everybody the blueprint as to how to beat the Eagles. Oh, I got to pick a winner, don't I? <laughs> Chicken dinner. Let's go. Take the Rams. <laughs> uh, not betting on your boy Joshua Dobbs, eh? Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> All right, Benny. Well, we're about to wrap up the last of the 4 o'clock games. Those last three games or so are part of the 4 o'clock games on Sunday. This one will wrap up the 4 o'clock games. Lions at Buccaneers. Why are we looking with faces? Hmm. Bias plus score 1.4. A measly 1.4 favors the actually favors the Buccaneers. I'm surprised at this one. Yes, yes. And, you know, I'm going to say something real quick about this game here, if I can. Well, you see, this is one of those situations where the, the Lions actually led in net points. But the Buccaneers lead pretty heavily in turnover differential. Ah. And once you throw that Pythagorean calculation on there... Yeah, you just get a little bit more than what you had in your net point category. So mm -hmm. it swings it over to the Buccaneers. Yeah, Buccaneers. So that as a matter of fact, I had this game highlighted. This is possibly, you know, an intriguing game to me because of that. Those little okay. <laughs> so the Bucks got the bias. Okay. And the Bucks are coming off the bye, so they had the extra week. Baker Mayfield is healthy. Everybody should be healthy. They're prepared. They had the extra week to game plan. But again, the Lions are a handful to game plan. 
Jared Goff threw three touchdown passes in the first half and ran for a score in the fourth quarter to finish off Carolina 42-24. to Again, a score that was not as close as it may indicate. 159 total yards on the ground and rushing TDs from David Montgomery and Josh Reynolds. And let's remember, Amon St. Brown, the star wide receiver, has been injured. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, the star rookie running back, has been injured. And the Lions offense is still cooking. Whew. On top of Goff's production, it was far too much offense for the Panthers. They've never had a chance. So with the Bucs coming off the bye, hopefully they'll be prepared. And the Lions are on the road. They do have to go to Tampa Bay. But I got to go with the Lions offense. They are really cooking. Sorry, Desiree. Buccaneers must fall. And if I heard correctly, it's creamsicle week in Tampa Bay. So the Bucs will probably be wearing their orange jerseys. I understand they're really going all out with this. Like they like the uh, players are going to arrive in creamsicle colored vehicles or something like. Wow! Yeah, they're going all all out for, for this. Um, I'm sure a creamsicle hoodie will be displayed in my house on Sunday. Oh my goodness! <laughs> all right, so you're going with the uh, Lions going mm -hmm. against the bias? Yes, sir. Not letting that turnover differential change your mind at all. No, sir. All right. I believe this this one actually wraps up the four o'clock games. Eagles uh, taking a quick ride up the road. See the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The only team I have any family that played for. Bias plus score of 11.4. My was strong. I want to ask you a question. Did you give any consideration to this game as the intriguing game of the week? No. No. Okay. I had not. Okay, cool. The Eagles offense wasn't great on Sunday, but it was pretty damn efficient. A one-yard brotherly shove right before halftime was actually the last touchdown of the game. They closed out first half with a touchdown on the brotherly shove and there were no more touchdowns scored in that game. The defense held the Rams at bay the rest of the way. They had field goals, right? Yes. all the Yeah, they had a couple field goals but all the action took place in the first half. After that, the Rams couldn't get nothing going. The Jets down 13-8 at halftime opened up the second half of their game, <clears throat> excuse me, with a 72-yard TD run by Brees Hall. A really nice run, I might add. Big hole opened up. He took off. They chased him. Looked really good. Um, they finished the Broncos off with a late scooping score of a sack by uh, safety Bryce Hall. 400-plus yards of offense and 31 points. Uh, should make Sean Payton think twice before he opens up his big mouth in reference to his coaching brethren in the NFL. That's all I got to say about that. Take the Eagles on the road up at MetLife, where they're comfortable going, 
because they play the Giants in their division. Jets, no chance in this one. Eagles get the win. So, Benny, Eagles-Rams, right? That yes. was my intriguing game of the week last week. Right. And one of the reasons it was intriguing to me because I wanted to see how the great Aaron Donald was going to have, was going to handle the tush push, brotherly shove. And every time I looked up, Aaron Donald wasn't in the pack. He was standing off to the side somewhere. <laughs> he wasn't in the middle of it at all. <laughs> he didn't want to have nothing to do with that. Like, what are you doing? You're like the, the power in the middle there, man. He looked up and saw Kelsey, and then he's like, I think I'll stand off to the side in case he tries the option. I'll be over here waiting for him. Yeah, right. Last year for Aaron Donald, it's got to be his last year. He can't be serious. He can't be serious. This was his time. I thought he was going to try to blow that thing up, man. Nah. You know, he's like, okay, you all can go low, but when I see him, I'm going after him. That never happened. Never happened. Oh, my God, so disappointing. All right. Congratulations, Benny. I do believe you have the Sunday night game. It's a New York special, Giants at Bills. Basketball, 42.8. All right, let me get this out of the way right there. With the Bills. Uh, Giants safety, Jason Pinnock, returned an interception, 102 yards for the Giants' only touchdown. Boy, was I excited. <laughs> <laughs> what an exciting play. It was their first touchdown in the first half of a game this season. Kayvon Thibodeau recovered a fumble, and kicker Graham Gano converted on three of four field goal attempts. That's pretty much everything good that happened to the Giants in that game. I'm done with that. Josh Allen was not very efficient, going 27 to 40 for 359 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception over in London against Jacksonville. But the Bills couldn't con uh, generate any more offense than that. He was pretty much it. They had no run game to speak of. Uh, they did nothing to slow down the Jacksonville offense. They did nothing to slow down the Jacksonville running game. Jacksonville dominated them on the ground. They dominated the time of possession. In fact, it was so bad, I looked up the time of possession. I didn't make note of it, so I'm not, I can't tell you what it was. But I'll tell you this, it was bad. It was bad, eh? It was bad. But the Bills should have no trouble whatsoever beating the Giants. Take the Bills. Go with the bias. All right. Going with the bias. Going with the bills. All right, Benny. Let's go look at the Monday night matchup. Another possible intriguing game of the week. Could be, could be, could be, could be. Cowboys at the Chargers. Bias for a score of 8.3. Favors the Cowboys. And I still believe there's some skew built in there. Guess yeah, but I think the Cowboys are good enough to have a bounce-back game. I will say that. 
Now, the Chargers are coming off the bye. The Chargers offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore used to be the Cowboys offensive coordinator. So believe me, he knows the Cowboys. He knows their head coach. He knows how he likes to call a game. So the Chargers have a lot of information about the Dallas Cowboys through Kellen Moore. Now, there's some trouble in Dallas. That's for sure. They got blown out by the Niners last week, but that wasn't the half of it. 210 total yards on offense. Come on, man. Three interceptions, a lost fumble. The defense literally only touched Brock Purdy three times. I'm talking about touched <laughs> Brock Purdy three times. Two quarterback hits and one sack. Take the Chargers. Take the Chargers going against Take the Chargers going against the Cowboys. Oh, Take the Chargers. Goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, well, okay. All right, all right. And, you know, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about this later because, you know, we talked about the you know greatest job, you know, in the world, that backup quarterback position. And, you know, I always talk about the differential between the starter, starting quarterback's money and the backup quarterback's money, you know. And I just kind of, when I look at some of these matchups, like last week's matchup with um, Dak versus Purdy, I think Purdy's making about 800000 a year. He's not making quite a mil. That's rookie contract. $40 million, you know. Yeah, he's still on his rookie deal, though. Right, I know, but I'm just saying, when you're looking at teams that are matched up and you're thinking about the two teams in terms of this one team has a quarterback that's being paid you know, forty million. And this team's got a quarterback that's not making a million, and that's the competition. You know, you don't know whether or not that's. You know, it don't even sound like it should be fair. It sounds like it should be an overwhelming advantage to have that quarterback, but apparently it's not. You know, so especially when it's Dak. So we'll have to see how this all works. We are we are all guilty of. Comparing players and positions and, okay, if Purdy's a quarterback and Dak Prescott is a quarterback, they're not playing against each other. They're playing against the opposite defenses. It's a team sport, bro. Speaking of which. Quarterback-led league. It's a team sport, no doubt about it. Speaking of which. Chargers. You prefer that quarterback, Herbert, over Dak? <laughs> um, if you had to pick a touch team right now and you, you were standing looking at Dak and Herbert, which way are you going? I'd take Herbert. Taking Herbert. <laughs> Speaking of which, and this will be my last comment on this subject, and you can take it for what it's worth, which you probably won't think it's worth much. I'm looking at the 2023 year-to-date quarterback rankings in fantasy football. Number one, Josh Allen. Number two, Kirk Cousins. 
Number three, Tua Tagovailoa. Number four, Justin Fields. Number five, Jalen Hurts. That's pure production. Okay. I mean, that's to be expected, especially from, you know, I mean, that 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 group right there. I mean, that's to be expected. Nobody again, I keep telling you, man, you, you don't you don't understand my, my scenario with, with that. So I'll leave that alone. But long story short, Herbert, I understand your scenario, you're a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. Just a recognizer. I just simply recognize. It's like when you recognize that. What is it you know, that you recognize? It's it's like with Kirk. You know that it, it's almost recognized uh, um, universally in the in the media when they say, "Oh, it's a prime time game." Uh oh, Kirk Cousins prime time game. The numbers aren't the same. They pull out the number. You know. So the I, Vikings, I have my whole set. And my the stat, Vikings my don't do well in prime time games. games. So the Vikings don't do well in primetime games. Kirk Cousins holds the zone. The Vikings don't do well in primetime games. All right. It's a team game. I understand you. Go ahead. Go ahead. You ready? Are you ready, Benny? This is the last of the Bias Plus games for the week. You know what that means, don't you? Oh, there's another game? No. Oh, oh, the Buster. The Buster. What we got? Of the week. What we and got? I text you, right? Because I was looking at the Bears. I'm like, oh, the Bears look like they're going to take the bias plus Buster. Right. They were hot, man. However, Benny. Oh, okay. As, and, and, and deservedly so. And it couldn't have happened against a better team. Excellent, Excellent job. Surprises. Excellent, Excellent job. Uh, I'm not surprised. Oh, my God. I, I I didn't expect that big a win. A 30 nah, they took him apart, man. That when Purdy's throwing balls like 30, Purdy is throwing balls so nice that he's getting baldy breakdowns on his passes. Baldy don't normally cover the quarterbacks that he's looking at. Yeah, I, I, I'm locking. I remember a time when you didn't believe in Purdy, and I had to talk you into it, but that's okay. Okay, all right. Well, we'll go back to that time, I'm sure. I'll remember that. And last but not least, Benny, um, oh, no, we'll wait to the social media portion. After this portion, we got a few things that we want to cover before we wrap it up, okay? Okay. Bias plus buster of the week, San Francisco 49ers. All right, Benny, so let's get ready to wrap this thing up with the social media portion of the show. We want to go back to the Ben and Barry on Facebook page and take a quick look at some of the things that popped up. We want to remind everybody to go back and visit uh, last week's show that, and take a look at the, where we were a week or so ago, especially as far as the rankings are concerned. Benny talked about the arrow going up or the arrow going down. Well, if you know what happened last week, you know which way the arrows are going. And in terms of the matchups, you can see where we were coming from, why we said what we said. Um, so that is on Ben and Barry on football. You can go there, click on this link, and take a quick look at what happened last week. Uh, I did talk about the Bears at the Commanders. I said, Benny, this is going to tell us something about these two teams. 
Was I right? Did, it, did we learn a little something, something about those two teams? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. For sure, man. For sure. You know, um, how can we not, again, give, give a little something, uh, rest in peace to uh, Butkus, especially that he, he happened to be in a, a, that one-two draft class with our favorite running back, Gail Sayers. Right. So Gail had a special relationship with uh, Dick Butkus. And uh, so, uh, and you know something I learned about Gail Sayers, Benny, I didn't know. I didn't know that after, you know, football, he went on to have a successful business career. He was quite the entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, going out and talking to people about it and all that kind of, I didn't know that he was such an entrepreneur, you know, in his after football life. So Gail Sayers here. Um, we did have a movement from the XFL to the NFL. Brad Wayne from the San Antonio Brahmas signed with the uh, Steelers. We'd like to give some kudos out uh, when that happens. Uh, a kicker, I think the kicker is, uh, I, I guess if you can kick the ball 50 yards, they, they're like, I don't care what league he's in, he can kick the ball for 50 yards, you know, consistently. So, you can transfer uh, leagues a little bit easier as a kicker if you can hit it. We talked about the commanders and Irving Magic Johnson. Let me read what he said in case you can't see it. He said this on X. Tonight the commanders played with no intensity or fire. We didn't compete in the first half and got down 27-3 heading into halftime. It was too big of a hole to climb out of, and that is why we ended up losing 40 to 20. And it's a little weird to have an owner, even though he might be a minority owner, but, you know, Urban Magic is big. I don't care how much of a percentage he has when he's putting out talking about playing with no intensity or fire, didn't compete. What do you think about that? It's an indictment on the head coach. I see you say there's a death knell for Ron yep. Rivera. Yep. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Irving Magic Johnson or this uh, – who's the other part of the brain trust for uh, – Josh Harris. Well, he's the part of the ownership, but I'm oh, thinking – Oh, 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 oh. Eric B. Enemy. No, he's the offensive coordinator, the GM. That's who I have to look up. Oh, yeah. General okay. manager. He's putting hey, that he might be out, too. He, might, he just might hit the road like everybody else. I'm <laughs> telling you, this is what happens when new ownership comes in. If the team isn't playing well, they clean house. So, so don't be surprised if they clean house and, and just bring in a whole new brain trust. Martin Mayhew, general manager of the Washington Commanders, African-American young man, caught up in the midst of all of that stuff here. So, uh, yeah, you, you're right. They, you know, they might not have a loyalty to Mr. Mayhew at all there. I wouldn't be surprised if they completely. Irvin Magic Johnson, new GM for the Washington Commanders. You think he can pick any? No. 
<laughs> no. That would be a mistake. Here's your boy, A-Chan. Currently averaging the most yards per carry in the entire NFL. Has more TDs than any running back taken in the most recent NFL draft. Getting it done. When you're faster than the fastest people on the fastest team in the league. <laughs> That's flying right there, Benny. All right. What did you think about the Colorado, was it Arizona State game? Oh, yeah, that was a pretty good game. I was kind of pissed because it was on whatever it was on. I didn't stream it. I didn't have it. Was, it was on the Pac-12 network. Okay. You get the Pac-12 network? Somehow. Somehow? Now you got it. Okay, I didn't know. I know they said it was on one of those other um, streaming things, and I didn't have that subscription, and I'm not adding a whole bunch of new subscriptions. It just ain't happening. So I didn't get a chance to see the game. But I felt like this was a good even matchup, you know, where uh, they, 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 you know, they had a good shot there. Yeah, well, they're, they're going to have a lot of good shots. But, you know, again, until they are able to compete in the trenches, they're going to have problems. But it won't be long. It won't be long. There's some big dudes sitting in the transfer portal right now waiting to come over. Okay. All right. All right. Going to be with them Buffaloes, eh? All, All right. right. Benny, last week was your birthday. <laughs> yes, it was. Happy birthday to you again. What a great birthday it was. Oh, my goodness. Look at him. Look at him. You don't look a day over the day that you did this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I do pretty much look the same. I'm telling you, you do, which is not bad because this is, uh, what, three, four-year-old video? That's at least four years old. At least, yeah, yeah. Shoot, this stuff comes up. Shoot, JB from the from – the, uh, Verizon sent you a little happy birthday on the on the page there. So there we go. All right. So we know that uh Jonathan he did he did sign. He played just a little bit though. He didn't play a lot in the last game, did he? No, Zach Moss had a day. Yeah, Zach Moss pretty much. So so actually they're looking pretty good. It's a shame that Anthony Richardson got injured because uh that offense is looking like it might be uh, pretty formidable there. Uh, I'm not crazy about their wide receiver core, but Pittman's pretty good. Uh, I think Mayhew's gonna gonna make the best of this. It, it'll be interesting to see how they bring Taylor along now because Moss is really hot. Their O line is blocking like crazy. Their O line looks like. The Titans O-line looked a couple of years ago when Derrick Henry was running crazy. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss. Benny, did you see this play? What play is this? All right, I'm going to see if I can play it for us. 
Uh, I don't know if I can make this big. Watch the snap. Watch the quarterback right here. Did you see where the ball just went? It went straight to Montgomery. It went through the quarterback's legs. Straight to. Through the quarterback's legs. That was a design play? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then the quarterback does a fake handoff. Yeah. He does a little fake handoff. Oh, that's I like that. I'm telling you, man, the Lions are looking real oh scary. Goodness. That that's shades of uh the old um Chiefs type of stuff that they might do. Right. Right. That's that right. it was late. Then he does the fake handoff. Ain't even nobody over there to fake handoff to him. But I guess if it draws away a, a, a tackler or two, it did his job, right? Yep. Oh my God, I just thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So let's see now. What do we have left? Thanks for following. Please leave comments and suggestions. Hashtag football is life. That's our hashtag. You can find a lot of our postings just searching out that hashtag if we want to, because um, we also use it on the Sterling NetPoint Power Ranking side and some of my personal posts and things of that nature in dealing with football. But uh, but yeah, that's what it's all about, man. It's these stories of these people and going through what they go through in life, you know. And uh, you know, it's a lot of stories in football. It's a lot of stories. All right, Benny. Any last comments? No, I'm good, man. You're Looking good. Forward to the games this weekend. All right. I'll be seeing you then. <laughs>